more about co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We're developing the first co-housing project in Texas, and we're really glad you found us today. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? Hi, Lynn. I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. And I'm just all um, bubbly because I have been thinking about some things that I've been journaling about, and I don't know of anybody else who's really to go there with me like you are. So I'm really, oh, looking, okay. forward to, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Excellent. Out of the journal and onto the podcast. Yes. yes. What, a, what a better place I process externally and verbally. So <laughs> this is this is my gift to myself and thank you to all our listeners. Um, so the topic on my mind is mm-hmm. um, I've been thinking about how some of the reasons why I feel like I'm really, really very firmly committed to co-housing today six and a half years after I first was acquainted with the concept and got interested is that these reasons were like this faint, distant drumbeat at the time when I was thinking about this and I first got interested. And as the last six and a half years have have passed us by, so much has happened. And those reasons, those drums are beating louder and louder and louder. And now to the point where I feel like a lot of other people in our world are hearing the same drums. Mm. They just, they're not really sure what to do about it. And mm-hmm. it, to me, it just seems so obvious. And more I think about it, that this is like the way, I mean, we, it is a way for us to live better moving forward than succumbing to the signals that are being sent out about the way it's going to be. So this is a different and interesting and different way of thinking about you. We often ask people on this podcast, like, Oh, mm-hmm. how'd you come to co-housing? And yeah. you know, they've got like reasons in the past, but it's interesting to me that now you're like, well, the, the reasons I would have given you six years ago would have been different than they are today because they were so faint then, yeah. but they yeah. clearly spurred you to action. Interesting. Okay. So what are the, What's the drum beat? What is well? Been- I've got really five big drum beats, you know. So okay. one of them, and the, each one of them, you could Google it, and you'd find umpteen articles on these kind of keyword topics, and they would have all been in increasing frequency and volume since early 2017. So let me let me show let me share with you my list, my five. Number mm-hmm. one, isolation, isolationism, loneliness. Number two, polarization, and it's across the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, supply chain issues, um, which has, seems to be persisting even post-COVID globally. Number four, I would have said in Houston was very much an eye on floods, maybe a few fires west of here as things got dry. But now all these abnormalities seem to be coming. It's a regular diet. Every yeah, fast and, and furious. Yeah, fast yeah. and furious, Yeah. Um, and then number five, just kind of rising costs in general and affordability of life. Uh, people starting in life, people, no matter what your place you are on the arc, affordability of life seems to become a more pressing issue for people. Mm. So those are the things that were certainly in the background and typed, you know, I was certainly tapping into those. 
but um, I just feel they've just gotten louder and louder and louder. So how, how does that strike you? Yeah, well, I, it's funny. So the first one, isolation, I mean, I I feel like if you talk to anyone about basically anything, you know, post-COVID, mm -hmm. everyone has a story of what it felt like to be isolated in some way, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I just think that that was such an object lesson for everyone about mm -hmm. what that feels like. But I don't know that people have really, maybe what you are feeling now, the drumbeat is that now people are kind of unpacking what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, now I'm back out in the world, but I find that I've moved for fam, you know, I've moved for jobs and I'm away from family mm -hmm. or, you know, but I'm working from home and I just don't see people that often or, but I have, you know, active online communities, but I don't really feel plugged into my local community. Right. You know, I'm hearing kind of like different aspects of that mm -hmm. that are, you know, equally, um, problematic for people, you know, they're trying to sort them out and figure mm. it out. Um, yeah, but they yeah. go under that. Yeah. Are you hearing? Yeah yeah. 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 I mean, I was, when you started talking about the working from home, um, I was just thinking about what, what my son said to me recently. He's initially at his age, kind of delighted at the age of 30, he gets to work from home flexibility, but he did tell me recently that he's gotten really involved in a climbing gym and actually has started teaching at night, which is incredible three nights a week after a full-time job. Yeah. And he said the only night he's not at the gym is Monday. And he started calling it dark Monday. He <laughs> said Mondays can get really dark because yeah. I don't have human contact until his wife comes home from work or, you know, sometimes they'll go to the gym anyway on Monday just because they need yeah. community and yeah. they've established a new community. So I see isolation. And, and also I was thinking back to one of our uh, explorers at one point, it was a family of four, very active and how you would think, how could, how could a family like that feel, you know, isolated during COVID? They're just too busy to even think about it. Right. But they said that for them, COVID really highlighted kind of the, 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 the fractures in their connected world that they hadn't really been able to see before. Because even though you are super busy at certain phases of your life with the people that are under your roof, there's still enough contact outside that kind of keeps you whole in a way. And when all of that vanishes and you're just solely relying on everybody in the inside your walls, you realize, oh, these people are not my people for doing this with or doing that with, and I'm missing something. I don't feel quite entirely whole anymore. So yeah. So, so, and I think I that's where co-housing comes in. We yeah. used to, we used to go for a drive with our, like when we were finally like just sick of being in our yeah. house, we walked our neighborhood, like every, you know what I mean? Like when you got to that point. And so uh, we used to like go for a drive um, and, you know, go see a different neighborhood or go just yeah. do something, just be literally outside of our house. And um, I remember driving through the neighborhood and being like, where are the people? Yeah. And then I had a very similar experience recently in the same neighborhood. I had to cut through it. And I remembered wondering, like thinking, oh, they're all inside because of COVID. But I drove through and there was nobody out. And I was like, oh, it's not because of that. It's just because this is the way their neighborhood looks. Yeah. Where are the people? I can tell that mm. they are there are homes like they must live in them mm. there no there's no sign of life at all and so i think you know both it's partly that just modern life is isolating but i do 
I really believe that the design of our many of our neighborhoods mm. is just really isolating. Oh, it's, it's yeah. So yeah. co-housing, right? Check. Number one, isolation <laughs> cured by co-housing. What about number two, polarization? Yeah, polarization is interesting, right? Because you think like, okay, well, only like-minded people move into co-housing. But it's not actually really true. And you, when you get down to like making decisions, you actually really need to learn to listen to each other. And to me, that is the thing that makes a big difference mm -hmm. in polarization. And I notice it in our group when there are people who I haven't seen in a while or haven't talked to in a while socially. Mm -hmm. And then we get in a meeting and they say something. And then suddenly I have a whole narration in my head about mm. like, what that person is saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, definitely. See them socially regularly or talk to them, you know, in a more unstructured way, it mm. helps you stay away from that kind of like um othering, I guess, or that kind of like assuming mm. I know what they are thinking. I don't know. Yeah. What do you mean by polarization when you think about this? Well, I I like where you headed with that because the thought that I had is that um, we had the option as things became more polarized when we all thought, okay, post 2016 election, no matter what side of the fence you're on, there was a little turmoil. We all thought things would kind of normalize like yeah. they did after any election, right? But then um, what happened was people didn't normalize. People started unfriending each other, unfollowing each other, depending on what your social you know, uh, expression is uh, online. Uh, there were all these anecdotes about explosions at big family gatherings, birthdays, anniversaries, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and that people just started falling out. And I like where you're headed with co-housing is that we have to come together. We see each other regularly. We learn how to make bonds. We have to make decisions together. And so in a way, you're kind of called to get over yourself and yeah. really focus on the humanness and the real things that connect us across this administration, that topic, you know, this fact or factless factoid or whatever, you know, yeah. that eventually in the end, none of that's really going to matter. And yeah. so I feel like it's really a, a call to our higher order selves. And by entering this community, you're making a commitment to do that. And I, I think that we will all feel better about ourselves and healthier and more whole once again, I'm back to this more whole topic. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, and you, it makes, not only does it make you more whole to listen to other people, but you learn things from different perspectives, mm -hmm. you know? And I just, it, it's not, if you're always in your own echo chamber, then you never are going to learn anything new that could help make a different, you know, make it, could move the needle for you. Exactly. Whereas I find often in co-housing, if I listen then some things start to move the needle, or at least I understand that the needle is movable. Yeah, <laughs> There's that yeah. too. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So we got first isolation, second polarization. Once again, we think co-housing could really help. So let's go to the third one. Uh, you can see where this is heading, right? Through uh, supply chain issues. So yeah. I am shocked at how many times I go to the grocery store and I've got on my list, okay, I'm going to buy this and that and the other. And I mean, the label is still there. The price is still there. The shelf is empty. Like what is going on? <laughs> like the current fiber one shortage in America. Yeah. Okay. So like steel, steel cut oats, Bob Mills, we're gone. 
are gone. Every everything else, the you know, Quaker, regular, quick, whatever, <laughs> all that stuff there. But my Bob Mills steel, steel oats, it precious label is there. I'm looking down, getting down on my knees, looking at the very back of the shelf. No, nothing. So like, <laughs> how did that? So what is going on? But you know, whenever I faced a shortage, a critical shortage, I can just call up somebody in co-house and go, hey, do you have one of these? Or do you have some of that? Or yeah. I'm not calling you for groceries yet, but we are calling each other for all kinds of other things that we don't have. So I think we can be each other's supply chain. <laughs> well, you are, you are definitely my supply chain this week, as Lynn has already saved me with two fondue pots for a party at my house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to play the ace card on that table tonight. I'm going to deliver a cake for the party oh, as well. Gosh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> But so you notice, Kelly, listening, there, here's the the, the the level of debt that I owe Lynn. It's yeah. now been recorded. No, but you know, it's also, I also, it comes with strings. So I made you take that puzzle that I was getting rid of last night. And I will bring some other things with you with the cake today. So. Happily, happily, happily we'll take it. So anyway, yeah, what the supply chain yeah. issue one, you know, it's, I, I have a similar like feeling of, so growing up, I lived in an environment where you sometimes would go to the store and things just weren't there, you know, just, and mm -hmm. also, you know, to, to live in a more seasonal environment, mm -hmm. you know, when there were, when strawberries weren't growing, there were no strawberries. So, right. and, and I remember walking through our grocery store <laughs> and being like, Whoa, this feels like my childhood. There's like an entirely empty shelf. And so it's, you know, to me, the supply chain issues aren't necessarily, uh, I don't, I don't really think of them as being like, uh, something that is necessarily a problem, but I do feel like having, um, in co-housing the ability to ask other people mm -hmm. for help or to ask other people for things or to be, to ask other people. It's like, you just don't need the supply chain, you know, yeah. like you just don't need it in the same way um, because there are people there who can help you work around it or who can, you know, offer whatever it is or whatever. It would be nice to be able to decouple from that. Not necessarily even to always have the same level of abundance that you've always had, but just to always have uh, some sort of workable solution that helps you to go on. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was number three. So we got isolation one, polarization two, supply chain issues or beyond a kind of more expansive version of that number three. So number four has to do with the um, controversial topic of, I'm going to call it climate change because this, I think the controversy, controversial, depending yeah, on where you are. The controversy. The yeah. Well, the controversy is really about what's causing it. I think even the most resistant, um, deniers, I think are acknowledging that things have been a little bit different in the last few years. So as, as I was entering into this in 2017, we then that year experienced our third uh, flood, uh, 500 or 1000 year flood, whoever is writing up the article in three consecutive years. So I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> take note. <laughs> uh, Mathematically, an, I don't think this is a hundred year flood. Yeah, anymore. this is an annual thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, anybody who looks at any kind of news any day of the week sees something, be it fires, tornadoes, you know, extreme storms. I mean, I, I was just shocked at how when we just did this big 4,600 mile road trip around the U.S., apparently Google now, any stretch that we were mapping on Google would also have this alert. And it was, there would be an extreme storm alert 
yeah. on the route or extreme heat alert or potential fire alert. And I'm thinking, good heavens, I'm just trying to find the freeway and I'm getting all this other data. Yeah. So anyway, it just seems like it's really hard to surmount a big natural disaster on your own and coming together in community is game changing. And yeah. it, it literally completely transforms your trajectory uh, after your experience and event. So, well, I, and I think that the, the biggest contribution, honestly, that, that co-housing makes to this, um, how's your downsizing going, Lynn? Oh, yes, we can talk oh, yes. about that. Yes, oh, yes. yes. Okay. So here's the thing that I think is one of the biggest contributions, or certainly for me in my life, that living in co-housing just simply means living in a smaller space. Mm-hmm. It means, but it, it allows me to kind of carry on aspects of my lifestyle because I have a com- I have access to a common house, but I don't have uh, a large house that is taking up a ton of energy that also consumes a lot, that has a lot of room for things. So therefore I just don't buy things because mm-hmm. I just don't have room for them. Um, I think that that is a really big shift. It's definitely a shift in um, the way that a lot of my peers live. And um, and it's interesting to be in co-housing when the other things, like the other things on this, items on this list, you know, are also people, other people are hearing that drumbeat too. And they start to see co-housing as, oh, wait, you're addressing a lot of these things yeah. with this. And so therefore it kind of takes the sting out of, oh, but you have to live in a smaller space. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you do need to live in a smaller space. If you don't want to consume as much, yeah. you just live in a smaller space. It's exactly easier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like saying, I'd like to lose weight and be more fit, but oh my gosh, that's going to mean I can't eat cake and ice cream every night. Right. And oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go to the gym. Like, yeah, you <laughs> are going to have to do these like, things. There is something that you have yeah. to do to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, so, yeah, so- I think that's it. And then I like your resilience. Um, the the going through a big storm on your own versus mm. going through a big storm with other people. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think that most people tend to add more stuff. You know, add uh, bring on. If you go to the grocery store, like before a big storm, everybody's oh my buying God, yeah. all the things, right? But all the things aren't really going to save you. What's going to save you is like my can of beans plus your can of tomatoes plus mm-hmm. someone else's camp stove plus, you know, coming together yeah. is actually what is going to save you. Yeah. Yeah. And save your sanity. And when you can't do something emotionally, somebody's going to be there to say, I'm coming over to do this for you. Having yeah. gone through a flood myself, um, you'd be amazed that even high functioning people who have plenty of resources really kind of come unglued. It just is a thing. It's a traumatic event. So I think having, you know, lifting each other up is, is very helpful. Okay. So that was one isolation, two polarization, three supply chain and four climate change. And now the last one that was on my mind is rising costs, which actually ties into some of the above. Um, you know, life is becoming more expensive and seems to be in certain areas, you know, accelerating costs. And we are pushing ourselves, putting ourselves in a position of consuming less, like structurally, we will need less. So rising energy costs. Okay. Rising costs of car. We're, you know, some people are talking about shedding cars, car sharing, people are reducing their footprint. If I'm going to be 
cooling down a place that is at least 40%. I don't even really want to think about the number less volume than what I'm cooling today. That's going to lower my costs. I mean, yeah. it's an easy win day one. Makes you wonder if like the things that I'd have to think about this more deeply and like look at the actual numbers, but it makes you wonder if the things that are being like pushed, you know, that we're feeling rising costs, you know, even if you think about like food or mm -hmm. whatever, well, if you produce some of your own food that right. already yeah. shifts some of your costs. Okay. So energy costs, well, if you're not cooling a giant house, then your energy costs, this more manageable. I do wonder if some of those uh, costs are actually kind of pointing us in the right direction. So in sewing, if you see a, like, if you see some wrinkles, you know, in a seam or something, the wrinkles point to the problem. So you can always like follow the wrinkles and then that's the problem area. And that's what you need to fix. So I kind of wonder if these are the, the rising costs or the wrinkles and they're kind of pointing Ooh. us to the problems. Ooh, that is very, very deep. I know from sewing. Yes. This is why I got yes. to spend my whole summer doing draping and flat patterns. So shout out to those teachers. for That is deep. And, you know, I think that we've talked about this before, but I think there's going to be other cost reductions that we're not even really thinking about. So one yeah. thing that I think is a lot of the single people go out to eat a lot. They're yeah. spending a lot of money on restaurants, either because they don't want to cook or because it's their way to connect with friends. Yeah. And if they're getting that social interaction more naturally fed from the environment they live in, they're not going to be going out to eat all the time. Yep. I mean, that's a huge cost saving. So well, just little things a like lot, that. You know, driving, driving was a big one when we lived in co-housing because uh, we would just like, did the there was a group of kids who all kind of did the same things. And mm. so therefore we all just yeah, like completely, you know what I mean? And it mm. would, it's, it wasn't like we had to even figure it out. We just did it. You know, like that was just it. Well, there's so, going to be a regular like car a driving event. We published a schedule in the common house going from co-housing to Lamar High School. <laughs> I can already see. Okay. There'll be a car leaving at 7 a.m., 8 a.m. And then, you know, if you no, want to get- No, are taking the bus, Lynn. I picked up a an extra bus pass for one of our other co-housing kids. So oh. they're all working on figuring it out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, just in case, you know, um, there, there are plenty of drivers around who could sign up for a rotation because, you know, there's nothing like parallel. I mean, driving with teens is the best. I really miss it. You're going to miss <laughs> it if they ever get the driver's license. So. Well, anyway, well, so I, think I feel like the meta for me on this, like the thing that ties all this together, because for me, the, you know, pre pre COVID, COVID to me felt like uh, um, it was unprecedented for sure, like something that none of mm -hmm. us had ever lived through. But I did feel a little bit prepared because my entire kind of young adulthood, late childhood, young adulthood, novels became more and more dystopian. Mm. You know, like the science fiction and just just novels in general. Like there was just a lot, a lot, a lot of dystopia. Probably because those artists first heard these drum beats, you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're probably like late to the party. So for me, there was this kind of feeling of dystopia is the future. There is not a utopian future available um, to my generation. And so I think for me, the biggest uh, turn of being a part of a forming co-housing community, specifically in Houston, specifically mm -hmm. in a space where people are not, I mean, there's a lot of oil and gas here, you know, people are not on the forefront of environmental policy. But for me, the the biggest turn has been away from dystopia mm. and watching other people 
who, when I first met them, I thought, okay, all right, whatever, Lynn, <laughs> your oil and gas experience, were like, really, you're going to really, it's been amazing to me to watch people really internalize values and mm-hmm. create this more utopian future, this more mm. hopeful future, um, rather than just like letting it all burn, you know, yeah. it's yeah. really, um, really lovely. It gives mm. me so much hope. And it also gives me a sense of, um, just tenderness and, and mm-hmm. love for the people who are really trying to do something. They're mm-hmm. cracking this open and doing something different. Well, I, I think we should just stop right there. <laughs> it's a perfect and beautiful ending. And we're going to continue to swim upstream against the current dystopian trends and yeah. stay tuned for more. Well, thanks for the conversation. I really enjoyed this today. Thanks, Have a good Lynn. day. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Thanks for stopping by today. We're so glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston.